everybody. Welcome back to another episode of FearCast. This is the podcast dedicated to OCD and anxiety and anxiety spectrum disorders and getting your life back. I'm your host, Kevin Foss, and I'm a licensed clinician specializing in anxiety and anxiety disorders. So um, for those of you who are new to the FearCast, this is typically a question and answer based podcast where you can send me questions about um, anxiety disorders, treatment of it, how it starts, what you can do to help. If you have a family member who's struggling with it, what you can do to help them uh, in in their journey as well. So if you have a question for a future episode, go to fearcastpodcast.com and you can send me a message over there um, uh, through the submit a question link. Uh, You can also send me an audio uh, podcast or audio, excuse me, audio question and uh, um, either through a shared Google Drive recorded onto your phone, your computer, wherever, and share the link to it through a Google Drive or wherever. Um, And uh, uh, that will get you to the top of the list. Um, of uh, and, and likely put you up on the on that next week's episode. Uh, uh, the reason for the preferential treatment, and I somewhat apologize for it, somewhat don't, is that um, I, I just think that your voice is so much more interesting than mine, and having you read it yourself uh, connects a person to the struggle and then connects somebody else uh, to you. So that, that's the whole point of all this, is to try to create a community for people to uh, uh, to help one another, to learn from one another's struggles and what you can all do to uh, help uh propel your life back to the life that you want to be living. So today is going to be a bit of a departure from the typical question and answer uh, format. Um, I have Jay Salvador on. Uh, he is an artist and uh, who, who uh, well, I'll, I'll introduce him uh, just shortly, but this will be another installment in the uh, Anxiety in the Arts series. So um, uh, uh, Jay was so generous to meet with me today and to chat about his experience with anxiety and other mental health issues as he got into and uh, got into art uh, what it was like to fully fully shift over his life to then being a full-time artist and um, uh, just how anxiety has has driven his um, has driven his career and has um, well it, it driven and influenced his career uh, and, and what he is doing to work on that um, so I, I'm, I'm going to include some uh, some kind of commentary at the very end uh, uh, regular listeners of this show will will hear some things in there that that might uh, uh, perk up their ears or might might be similar to things like um, uh, th- things related to anxiety and other things that we do talk about so I'll add some bits at the end of that uh, and I spoke with Jay about that but uh, I, in our conversation didn't feel the need to to bring it up uh, until afterwards so uh, but um, but just a little bit about Jay before we jump into it Jay Salvador is an artist, cartoonist, and graphic designer based in Los Angeles, California. He is the creator of Super Emo Friends, a comic series that reflects the deeper side of our favorite comic and pop culture character. You can find his work at superemofriends.com as well as Super Emo Friends on Instagram and Twitter. So, without further ado, here's my interview with Jay Salvador. But uh, I've, I've been an artist my whole life since I was a kid. I have drawings from when I was like five years old. Mostly like zombies and Grim Reapers because my dad loved watch, watching horror films. And, um, uh, that, that was all fun and just playing video games and coming up with monsters and all that kind of stuff my whole life. Just drawing comics uh, through junior high and high school. Um, but also got into, um, you know, Photoshop and digital graphics and animation and I was studying animation and it just seemed like 
I'm going to be an animator. Like this, everything is here. Like, this is what I'm into. So I went to school for animation a little bit, and um, but then I, you know, I didn't really want to spend a lot of money on school, so I never had a, like a, a proper educational, like uh, what do you call it, privileged background. Of, Hey, this is how you go into college and all this stuff. So uh, I just kind of ended up fiddling around. But, uh, I did become a musician too in high school and playing music. I think playing music was probably one of the first ways that I, I just remember my heart pounding one time I'm on stage playing and like, just like super nervous and, and freaking out and, and then after after a while, it was just gone. And I think after that, like a lot, I know a lot of people have stage fright or whatever mm -hmm. else with some theater. So like that kind of stuff was just gone. I, I wasn't really ever afraid of of being up on stage. Um, so as an artist, a performer, and stuff, I, I I felt like safer there than I did as like a person just in a room meeting people, but. Yeah, so um, the the music was a nice, you know, that's the art form that I never really had anxiety in anything along the way. It was just kind of like, I guess, just to to start the whole thing off is like my my main source of anxiety is really uh, more about like who I really am mm -hmm. versus what my art is. So one time I was at this gallery and talking to this lady and she, we we're just looking at this art. Like, yeah, I love this artist. It's great. This is great stuff. And she's just like, he's also a really amazing person. And that's always the best thing when you find out like your favorite artists are good people too. And I was just like, oh, and I, I can feel myself just like tingling thinking about it because it was like, whoa so if person is not a good person then their art is not going to be successful mm. so that gave me like the most anxiety uh, it's like it's almost like um i don't know in religion i guess there's a form of anxiety of like you're gonna go to hell if you're a bad person right yeah like that was all like turned into if i'm a bad person my art is not gonna sell <laughs> Oh my goodness, the pressure. Yeah, it kind of became like a social pressure on like, oh man, I have to be a perfect person. I, I can't screw anything up. I can't offend people. I can't make people cry. I can't break girls' hearts. I can't be a bad person. Like, And, and so everything that I experience in, in my relationships mostly in, in you know, romantic relationships who are usually the ones that are kind of rocky. Uh, also work relationships. I, I don't really do well with, in all work relationships. I just try to do my job, bro. I don't want to be, I don't need to be your friend, you know? So <laughs> yeah, kind of stuff like that. Um, that, that gives me the, the greatest amount of anxiety, but it, w what happened basically was, um, I, I was I ended up working in in Hollywood after college, <clears throat> and just uh, I started painting to to get away from from the computer screen to rest my eyes 
and to and to con- be consistent and creative and always want to make something. That's another form of anxiety. Is like I can't just sit still. I, w- I want to be like making things all the time. Uh huh. Normal people that are like, we should be working on something, guys. I don't want to just sit here and watch TV. Um, and uh, even when I lived with your brother and we would just sit there and watch TV, I'm like, I have to go paint, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> So, um, is it to, to that uh, as a bit of a side note? It was that specific, like you need to be doing something creative, or it's like you just need to be doing something. Like if you were, like, I don't, but like picking something up or like putting together a model, or was it specifically like an artistic expression that you you felt drawn to? Yeah, it was a little bit kind of like not so much about expression as it is I'm not using my talent. You know? Okay. It's like you have. It's like you have your Porsche 911 in the garage and you only drive it once a year kind of thing. And I'm like, so that was it. My anxiety of like, I have to go make something like this is, I'm talented with this. I have to keep making something. And that might affect my feelings about talented people that aren't using their talents. (laughs) Perhaps. Was it, was that kind of duty driven or is it kind of desire driven? Like I want to, I, I want to I, I want to drive my Porsche as opposed to like I've got it I guess I've got to drive it um well it, it's a little bit of both I think okay you enjoy it that's for sure and I do want to get better at it uh, but it, it also is that like I can do anything I, I can do this right and I want to do this so it, it was just uh, it was just the, the way I I kind of just ended up dealing with, well, I want to keep making stuff, but I don't want to sit on this computer and burn my eyes out. So yeah. let me canvases and some paints. And then I did some paintings and they came out really good. And I was like, whoa. And I hadn't painted since I was like a teenager. And by this time I was about like 25 or 26. And I was like, wow, I can paint. Like, I want to see more of what I can paint. I imagine things and it's like, I'm going to paint them. And so I just come up with stuff like that. And um, and then moving to L.A., I mean, I was in L.A., so I was at the galleries. I had to get into galleries because I was like, this is the natural progression, right? You do a painting and you just want it up in a gallery. You want to hang out with other artists. I, didn't, I wasn't going to be an art major. I was a film major because... Uh, I felt like art school was really expensive and like pretentious and it was like a solo act mm-hmm. whereas school it felt a little bit more like industrial and the job and collaborate with people but uh, being a painter I was like how am I going to pass this class like what's my thesis and nowadays I could probably pull it off back then I was like I'm not interested in doing going to art school <laughs> um, but yeah so getting into the galleries and then my art uh, was just kind of like but there was a class I took on on the problems of uh, capitalism and there's a chapter about about uh, how we, we make hamburgers out of like these cows and how much energy goes into feeding the cow and running the farm and and all the stuff that goes on with the, the, the you know the antibiotics and the pollution and all, all to get like a little hamburger and that gave me a lot of anxiety i had like this kind of like 
oh my god like ev- the world is just falling apart like everything is being destroyed so i ended up kind of channeling that anxiety into my painting so i came up with like one of my paintings is ronald mcdonald's on a, on a pile of garbage and bones and he's just crying and like that made me feel like i i did something about it like you know yeah like, the anxiety of like this is a powerless feeling of the system that's out there and i was like well how can i destroy the fast food industry and i'm like well i can i can do paintings of like what the fast food industry looks like to me like in a cute way <laughs> but in a dark way and i also did a series that i called commercial fatigue which was just the idea of like uh mascots that have aged and that have gotten old or just kind of been worn down by their oppressive bosses and that. so i started painting that so a lot of my work was definitely just my anxieties or the things that bothered me. yeah uh, how I, I felt like once a painting was finished and um oh, let me see if i can i haven't taken this off the wall for a couple of years but this was one of the first paintings and I don't know if you remember the paintings that I was doing. Yeah, I feel like I've seen that one. Yeah, so so this piece was, uh, it's just about, like, I mean, he's just staring at this spoon, you know? Like, this is what he does for a living. He just does cereal and gets kids to just, like, eat this sugar. Right. For, for, yeah, as a as as this is a an audio medium, I'll describe it. It's uh, it's a picture of, uh, it's a painting of Tony the Tiger looking really uh defeated and forlorn i would say just kind of staring uh, like with a hint of like i don't know animosity towards this spoon yeah yeah and it's just a portrait i love portraits so but after i painted that i was like oh i feel like i've relieved my anxieties and and, uh, most of this is the one painting that i was like i'm gonna keep this because this is kind of what the painting that I did that made me feel like, oh, I, I'm a painter. I can paint. Like, I should take this seriously. So, but all the other ones have sold, and I'm very happy that they sell. But, yeah, it's, it's just kind of like through that anxiety, through that, that media, I was like, okay, this is how I'm going to, this is why I'm going to paint, is to just kind of channel my feelings out. So I did other little cartoons in there, um, just based on feelings, you know, and things that like stressed me out or worried me, or either that or made me laugh. But um, eventually, <clears throat> I was having relationship troubles, and uh, I I had this moment where I was like, I need to break up. I can't be in a relationship. I have to focus on all these things that I need to learn. So that's a that's another big form of anxiety that. Re- Kind of wrecks my relationships i'm like what am i doing like just going out to dinner and cuddling and paying out the women all the time like i should be learning stuff i should be working i should be painting. i should so like being an artist has just always pushed me like out of relationships because i'm like why am i acting like a normal like 
or breeder. Like I don't know, like this ter- these negative terms that I've that, I've, that are in my head over relationships. You know, where women are like, well, stop painting and like come over here and you know like stuff like that. So um, there was this one relationship I ended because I was like, sorry, you know, I I really need to get out of this and focus on painting and. And learning this software program and, and getting better work and all this kind of stuff. So uh, I felt really terrible about the uh, about that. And so I was like, "Yeah, I'm sorry. It's over." And broke her heart. And she's like, "What? Like, what is going on?" And and so I felt so bad. I'm like, "Oh man!" And then I, I wow. came up with yeah. uh, three super emo friends, and it was just like Batman. It was just this sketch that I, my friends and I had kind of come up with. It's like Batman sad that his parents are dead. And it's very simple. Very everybody knows it. It's like Batman saying my parents are dead. But I did a cute little drawing of it with that quote. And it's just like a, a painting with a quote down there. Um, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll post some of your art, if that's all right, to the, to the episode page. Oh, yeah. Um. But from that feeling, I was just kind of like, whoa, like, this is cheering me up. (laughs) Like, how Batman is sad. Like, well, my parents are alive. Like, I was like, I just dumped my girlfriend. And then I thought, like, well, Spider-Man misses Uncle Ben. And then I thought of, like, other characters that were superheroes that everybody knew. Mm -hmm. These superheroes with super, you know, like, talented people basically right people with talents that are miserable mm-hmm. uh, something just isn't perfect like they're they're not that super they're human after all kind of thing and um so i i ended up painting 12 different six marvel characters six dc characters because it was kind of like came out of nowhere just yeah. in this depression and anxiety that i was having and, um, and I was like, okay, well, cool. Maybe people will buy these paintings. And uh, before I could even sell them, I showed them to people. You know, like, hey guys, you know, I'm not, I'm not feeling the best right now, but here's some paintings I did. And everybody's like, how much for that one? How much? Hey, I want all of these. Like, are you going to sell prints of these? I want a copy of this. And I was like, whoa, what, what? <laughs> I was like, but they're sad. Like. Who wants to buy this sad stuff? Like, I, it, this many people want this? And so a buddy at work was like, yeah, dude, this is how you do it. Scan them, go to a printer, get them printed out, put them on your on your online store, number them, sign them. It was like, uh, okay, I guess. So I did that. And then, you know, I wasn't very... I wasn't like a viral person at the internet. This was 2009. Um, I, all I had was like Facebook really. And uh, a little bit of YouTube. But uh, then, then um, I sent it to a, a blog because back before TikTok and Instagram, there were blogs. And uh, so the, the blog that I loved following stuff, but I was like, Hey, I, I painted these things. Here's some prints available. I don't know if you like it, but uh, yeah, show your fans. So he was like, "These are great." He posted them, and then it went viral. Like 
they sold out of everything in a day. Wow. In Europe and Guatemala and, and uh, yeah, Europe is basically, yeah, Australia, uh, it, Canada, it, it was just crazy. Uh, I'm just shipping these things all over the world. And I, that's when I was like, some, something big just happened. <laughs> so I bought superemofriends.com and uh, just said, well, okay, let me paint more of them. And then I just thought up more characters that have more, like, you know, grievances and sadnesses and ironic kind of twists and sadness. Yeah. Uh, keeping it funny. In the sense, there is this wily e. Coyote sense of schadenfreude where you're like, you find pleasure in somebody else's pain, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, I had this fine tightrope to walk, but it, everybody really just connected with that. And that just was a surprise to me. I had no idea that it was going to become like a big deal and it, that, that, that I was going to be able to quit my day job and make money on it. It hurt like that. So the anxiety of like how, how am I going to be a good person and a good artist and all that kind of stuff was just kind of like boom everybody loved me and i was like whoa <laughs> we love your art we love you and i'm like guys these these drawings look like a kid drew them this because you saw tony the tiger yeah the, the, the style of the emo friends which is just like a little cartoon yeah I'm trying to be like this great portraiture artist, but everybody is buying this instead. Right. Okay. I guess, I guess I'm doing this now. So, um, did that feel like a letdown that like you're trying to do like high, in a sense, I'm going to put it in quotes, high quality portraiture, but you know, the, the things that you're doing are, yeah, more, more comic based. Yeah simple and any anybody could do it really but what's flattering is that a lot of people ended up um just kind of there's a lot of fan artists so people started drawing them too and and uh it's like oh wow i guess this is more uh tangible for people you know what i mean like the portraiture is darker and scarier and moodier and this is just kind of opens up and, and kids they're really attracted to it too. Mm -hmm. So through that, it, it just kind of became like uh, it, it's confusing. I'm like, oh wow, am I am I like a good person now? Am I an amazing person now? And, and so th there's a lot of like um, just kind of enjoying uh, my life and being very happy because of these guys and success of sales and going to conventions and selling out and meeting people like oh my god these are the most amazing things I've ever seen these are genius and then therapists would uh, come up and buy them so I made really I made friends with therapists who were like yeah these are great in my office with my kids and, uh -huh. really to talk. and I'm like what is happening right now like, so it just opened up this whole world of mental health that I was just making fun of these characters, but I, I found out that I was a bully. You know, like I was bullying. I was I was the 
laughing at somebody else's pain and not actually offering them help, which gave me some anxiety too, because I'm like, oh man, how do I use my art to actually help people and not just make fun of, you know, sadness? Because they, normalizing depression is kind of the, the catchphrase that I, I heard about my art. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Like, everybody's sad. Uh, this guy's sad. That guy's sad. Like, you, your favorite characters are sad. Um, and there's no harm, no foul, because these are all fictional, fictional characters. It's like when I start, if I did this with a real person, it, that's when it gets, like, really touchy, you know? So it's like if I'm going to make fun of somebody's depression, it, it, I, I don't think that's going to fly. But if I can make fun of a cartoon character's uh, depression, like, okay, this is, this is interesting. This is a way to – so people are just like, I don't know if I want to laugh or if I want to cry. Like, so a lot of people are confused. It kind of became a social experiment in a sense. Yeah, I, I I find it interesting that line where where this kind of this mindset where you say like it's it is you're you're kind of the bully towards these characters. You know, I'll, I'll pick on the Batman one since that's you know the one you shared. That it feels like you're you're perhaps bullying Batman in the sense that his his he's sad that his parents were dead, but it's like yes, yeah, we 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 commonly like of course he's sad, and yeah. it recognizes it, it it does normalize that he can and perhaps even should feel sad. Um, because how how was that? What, what, tell me about it, like that that push and pull of he, of you feeling like you're kind of bullying them, whereas other people have been saying, "Gosh, this is really validating," you know, Batman's experience. Yeah, I mean, it, it really that puts it in this art category where it kind of is interpreted however somebody reads it and connects to it. I think. Like, for me, yeah, I was more in a sarcastic kind of tone. Mm -hmm. And like, ha-ha, look at poor Batman over there with dead parents. But also, like, well, I could see somebody being like, wow, this is, this is like, the, his main, this is his kryptonite, you know? Like, this is his weakness. Like, this is his parents. And, and I know a lot of people that ha have lost their parents that actually, that's, like, obviously, like, one of their favorite pieces, you know? they can relate to Batman it empowers them They're like well look at Batman he's an orphan and like look how successful he is so for me just seeing how it kind of takes on its own life in the public in a public space and for everybody to interpret it, uh, it it's that's fascinating to me and I, I don't really I'm not gonna be like sometimes I'll joke I'm like it's not funny guys, you know, like, like just kind of throw that out there. Cause like, yeah, I'll stand in front of my table and just be laughing and everybody comes over like, what's so funny? What's so funny? And then it kind of changes the, the mood too, because I've been at shows where people will see it and they're like, what is that? And they just walk away. Right. But if, if somebody there is laughing at it and then they walk up and they're like, Oh, huh. I, okay, I get it. You know, like there's there's some sort of weird like hive mind that goes on when when my art is on display because the more of them that you see, the more of a collective joke it becomes or a collective commentary on what depression is or what sadness is and the spectrum of, of sadness and like, well, this is funny 
in a in a, like a cute sad way and this is like really really sad but some people will buy things that are really sad um and some people will buy things that are funny so it, it's been like just this exploration of feelings that are kind of deemed negative you know, you don't want to be sad don't act sad cheer up kind of thing. so um it, it's just been really awesome because it's opened up this world of mental health that um, I think mental health is kind of becoming bad again or at least in, in online and things I follow like people are craving for especially after COVID so um, I, I'm kind of like well how do I figure my art into this world how can it kind of go there so that's what I've been working on right now is trying to figure out the step outside of the emo friends as a collection of art and I'm like well what other things could I produce that kind of have the same kind of like aesthetic or texture to it where um, well, we're talking about feelings but we're using artwork and uh, so I I did a illustrations for a uh, a therapist who they wrote a book uh, doing a lot of mental health stuff but kind of wrapping it in in pop culture and in fandom uh-huh. that that was fun and so I was like okay I'm on this path and then so talking to you a therapist about this so, uh-huh. okay great my art is like in this atmosphere now so uh, I also like my business card, this is my business card. It's actually a, a pack of tissues. <laughs> the tissues for your issues on it. Oh and, my God, uh, that's brilliant. This is just always connects with people. And they're just like, when they're, when they're coming up to my booth and they're just like, oh my God. They're like being emotional, like usually in a, in a happy, fun way. It's not like, I've only sent one woman off, a couple women off crying. You know, it's like they understand, <laughs> like, that's what's powerful about art, you know. But I've always thought, like, oh, I need to be able to hand out tissues to, to people that are like, I'm going to cry. Because <laughs> it cheers them up instantly. And they're just like, what the hell? Like, yeah, you're giving me a pack of tissues with your art on it. And it's it's been really fun. So I, I've just been really enjoying it. Um, and it, during COVID, like... I ended up having a breakup situation with the girl that I had living with me and she couldn't go anywhere. So it was a tough breakup. Um, but, uh, that it was during that time that I really kind of went, went a little loco, got a little super depressed Mm. and had tons of, uh, tons of suicidal feelings and wanting everyone to just like, you know, end and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I found myself kind of just looking at the emo friends and just like, well, like there's a world out here that people are familiar with. I'm not the only one out here because I understood that depression is a worldwide experience. Yeah. A daily occurrence. Whereas I'm like, oh my God, I'm depressed. I'm going to die. You know, like this is a disease now. My life is over. Um, so uh, being able to to find 
some mental health uh, tools and, and really start diving into into mental exercises and cognitive uh, therapy. It, it was it was a good time because outside coming out of it, I feel a lot better, and I think that my my next production. Uh, I actually had a meeting about a production last night. It's very guided by you know the success of Super Emo Friends and the audience that are like open to mental health, and um, yeah, but anxiety was all just kind of part of the trajectory of, of art. So it's like okay, well. I need to have anxiety again so I can figure out the next step. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, yeah the, the breakup is it's usually like that's the problem. It's like it's usually relationships with women that are inspiring my my art that's for you know it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, it could be argued that it is good. Um, as, uh, Gibson, the guitar company, a bunch of years ago, part of their advertising campaign said, um, uh, she loves you, she hates you, either way you have a song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it kind of, kind of resonates with this. I'm... Um, but I what what I what I love about the super emo friends is that it requires you to really put yourself in the position of the character and to really understand what it is that they they really want, what they really value and that they ultimately can't have. There is this and but there there is that sadness that they have. And I think that we all kind of think about the things that that we desperately want and you know just it just seems so close but a million miles away i mean you, you, one of the, one of the prints you held up was uh, uh mogwai from yeah. Gre- from gremlins uh looking very sad and, and it says i need a bath and if you've ever seen the movie it's it's you, you can't get them wet otherwise what they they multiply but yeah you know you, you could see it's it's incredibly sad that if you he everyone tells him don't get him wet don't get him wet and that's the one thing that he desperately wants is a bath <laughs> and gosh think about the thing that you want what, whatever like whatever that thing is for you and um you know and, and that's kind of reflective you know in, in all the other super emo friends um but yeah it requires a a, a, a tremendous amount of acknowledgement of uh, and empathy for someone else's pain i think that's where it comes it that there may be that that line where someone thinks you're bullying them, but the other part is it takes a lot of empathy to put yourself in the shoes of Mogwai and go, yeah, man, if I was him, I, of course, I, that's that's the one thing I want. Mm-hmm. That That's a really, yeah, I think empathy is the biggest word right there is that um, practicing empathy is something that, ironically, like, I feel like I don't really have a lot of. <laughs> mm. So, when, when you say that, it's like, oh, wow, yeah, I guess I do have Because <laughs> sometimes, I, I mean, it was just a, I, I had to look at a lot of behaviors in my relationships and, and just catching myself and like beating myself up, like, wow, why was I so mean? Like, why was I so, you know, non-sympathetic? Why do I lack empathy? Why don't I care about Person. Um, I had to explore all that kind of stuff. So it, it's just like a weird, and that kid is like, man, like if if my ex girlfriend told people how I made her feel, you know, it's like that's the end of my career. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, should I should I not be in a relationship? Is that what's going on? So it all it all kind of comes back to this kind of weird 
weird feeling that I that I get when I'm in relationships. You, you've kind of alluded to that that element of kind of moral perfection that like your your personal and moral perfection is is uniquely tied to your commercial success or just in your in the development of your art. I mean, where where did that come along and and how how have you how have you tried to 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 challenge or push against that association yeah i mean i think it probably started when when uh, john lennon said that they were you know that the beatles were more popular than jesus and then everybody went out and burned their records uh-huh i feel like oh that's something that happens you know cancer culture is very prevalent today say one wrong thing on twitter and you know lose everything so like sandwiched between these events um it's just kind of like yeah like i i really think that my artwork is a it should be a reflection of my of who i am i i it's like this is a perfect painting in every way like i finished this painting here it is it's available for purchase there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> so it's like, I made it. I made it perfect. It's like a meal, right? It's like almost like if you had the best steak in the world, but you found out the chef or the butcher or whatever, you know, like we're like these horrible, disgusting people. And you're just like, oh, I'm not eating there again, you know? So like that, that I guess I use as, like I mentioned religion, uh, as a way of moral compass. Yeah. Like, well, I want to be a I want to be a better person because I want to be a better artist. I want my art to be, be well. I want to be more successful. And any time that I was not a good person, or any time that I made a mistake, it was kind of like, oh man, I I just doomed myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to be successful if I'm making girlfriends cry all the time. If I make a girl cry, that's going to be the end of my career. Successful, but the, that feeling—I think it's a valid feeling. I think I should really look at, like, hey, maybe don't make girls cry. <laughs> right. I, well, what's going on there? But why? How is this happening? Uh, but it, it, I mean, I make a lot of girls laugh. Too, so <laughs> you can't please everybody. That—that—that's very true. But man, I'm, I'm, I. It, it, it almost sounds like that line of like I also make girls laugh like that gets you know kind of thrust down to the bottom and just you kind of pull up this one moment that uh, you made this girl cry and it's like see see this this is why I'm garbage and why everything's going to be thrown away and kind of the right. magnification of, of this you know uh, really unwanted yeah. interaction mm-hmm. right I mean the flip side is also how are you to not, how are you to be in relationships with other people and not make them upset yeah i guess it's normal right uh, and that's kind of the other thing too like sometimes i think of other forms of art or another series of art and one of them being like yeah when when couples fight you know, like, what does that look like but that's an ugly picture so i thought well what if I made super emo friends with benefits and it's just like uh-huh. characters that are just like cuddly and lovey and, and very physically affectionate and stuff like that and, and trying to do more on the, the giving of love and, and, and 
and helping each other kind of thing because it's it's the idea of, of healing right if art can heal it's kind of you know, if art could teach is one thing but if art could heal is the best that's kind of the goal so i'm i'm doing a lot it's funny you say the, the magnification of that that problem because um i did i did uh work on and it's something i could finish very soon but it's a cartoon that i worked on uh with a, with a friend about cognitive distortions uh-huh. like let's make a cartoon but yeah, let's do something about mental health. And so we came up with uh, the cognitive distortions as demons and magnification and minimization are two demons called magnificana and minimicana. And <laughs> they, they like just come over to you and they like tell you all this stuff and you believe it and it like completely ruins your life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just reminded me of that project but getting to to um, use my art in mental health I think is kind of the goal that, that I'm working on right now and working in a, on a small production with a couple friends and I pitched the idea to them and they're just like you know what I, I love this I want to do this and, and I'm just like whoa this is happening we're actually going to make something so we, one of the other characters that I, I have, um, it's like, well, a lot of the characters that I have are intellectual property and sort of issues here and there with licensing and stuff. It's like, what if I came up with an original character? Like, you know, the only original character that I think of, which isn't original at all, is the planet Earth. Like, this is the most emo character. Like, this is the one that we have to feel the most sympathy for. That we have to care about and like, he's sad or she's sad. I call I call non-binary like they. <laughs> the the Earth is sad, so I started making um, Earth uh, designs. I have it. <clears throat> uh, I actually um, ended up doing a submission. There's these uh, recycle bins that they put out at Coachella um, Music Festival. And I submitted my design to be on one of the, the cycle bins, and I was accepted. But it's just oh yeah, yeah. Earth in a meditative pose and the cosmos, and he just says reduce, reuse, renew. So it goes like back to the idea of um, like the ecological disaster paintings that I used to do. <laughs> Uh, like you know the, the weeping Ronald on the pile of trash it's like well we could put Earth there instead you know weeping on the pile of trash that is on him so it, that character is going to be part of the production or part of a series like how do we how do we feel sympathy or empathy for Earth now mm-hmm. so using that the super ego friend kind of template to um, to get people to care more about the Earth Rather than rather than feeling bad about Gizmo, what if we felt bad about the Earth? You know? So that that makes me feel like a little bit better too about the art that I produce. So it's like cool. It has a it has an ecological uh, purpose as well. Right, right. 
I have you ever made a super emo friends character for yourself? Um. Well, I I was doing a couple comics. There, I I just called it like the letter J, and uh, it was a lot of just kind of it was like Charlie Brown slash. Uh, <clears throat> Wiley Coyote, you know, like my failures and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I, those things I don't really share uh-huh. too much, but it, it, it'd be kind of interesting because there, a lot of the stuff is inspired by, uh, yeah, the tragic events of popular culture, but tragic events of my life too, which there aren't very many, but it, 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 in any case, it's it's a lot of just like oh, stupid mistakes I made or, or times I, like, made my girlfriend cry. Um, and I guess in that sense, that's like that that old thing where there's monks who whip themselves on the back type of stuff, you know? Right. Um, I don't really, I don't know that I should, I don't know if I should sell that or show that or what. <laughs> but I guess it could be kind of cool. <laughs> Like, by the way, this is, no, that's the anxiety, right? By the way, look how horrible I am. (laughs) These are all the horrible sins, because that's one thing in Christianity. It's like, yeah, once you get to heaven, they just check the book, or they play your life back, and they show you, like, how shitty you were. (laughs) It's like, like, oh, man, yeah, I'm just going to beat them to the punch and just draw out everything terrible that I ever did. (laughs) And then I feel bad about, but, um, yeah, but I mean, again, like just, it, it all is inspired by, by my sadness, my emotional experiences. How, how, how has doing, doing this kind of series of, of, of doing your art kind of helped you, um, perhaps accept yourself or, or to deal with your own, um, mental health stuff as, as we sometimes oh, yeah. have. It, it's fun when people just like come to my booth and they're just like, "Are you okay, bro?" <laughs> like, and I'm just like, <laughs> "I'm a lot better now," you know, because my my I mean the, my early depression was just being kind of stuck in a job, and like when I painted that Tony the Tiger, I was like, "I'm just gonna go work somewhere, be miserable." Like that was kind of the feeling of that painting like working somewhere and just being miserable and not having freedom and just being, you know, working on terrible things. Um, so I was pretty bummed out, like, when I was just coming out with artwork. But as they sold and people loved it and I quit my day job and I started touring the world, I was like, all right, depression is cured. <laughs> you know, like, I'm happy now. So there was this whole, like, kind of, false sense of security uh, or mental stability in that but then I realized through my relationships um, with women mostly with with that one, well not everything is perfect, I still get depressed over how my relationship isn't going all perfect and and all that kind of stuff and how it's falling apart Um, so I, I do feel like like I said, um, with my, I, cause I feel like I'm out of my depression that I had for like right when COVID started basically. Um, 
which is kind of like, well, that was a COVID-related incident, you know? Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I found myself also getting into succulents and landscaping, and I became a carpenter, and now I'm, like, learning welding and trying to become a contractor and getting into real estate, trying to do the bigger, bigger thing, because after seven years of the conventions, I was kind of starting to hit a wall. Uh-huh. Bored. And I'm like, hey guys, it's me again. Like, okay, what do you have this year? You know, I'm like, uh, well, you know, not a lot of growth. I'm not, you know, I'm kind of going a little stagnant, you know. So I could, I could see that coming up. It's like, well, what is my value? How am I proud of myself? Am I, am I accomplishing what I want? Because it was kind of a been there, done that situation like before COVID hit. Uh huh. That really pushed me to like. Well, let me let me go learn new things, and mental health is being one of them, and understanding myself better during this depression, and understanding like why am I reacting like this? Why why is my behavior so weird? And yeah, feelings are like all over. Like I'm scatterbrained, I'm ruminating, uh, running away. Um, so yeah, I, and I didn't I didn't barely do any email friends during this time it was just kind of uh, dealing with being outside and trying to just clear my mind and stuff but uh, it's good I, and like I feel a lot better I feel wiser like, like I've grown so going back into conventions again I just had one a couple weeks ago in Anaheim it's just like I was so happy to be there again like I, I remember feeling a little like like too cool for school in the day I'm like oh I didn't make as much money as the year before this is you know not good and this year I'm just like hey I'll take anything you guys like I'm just happy to be here mm-hmm. but it's not this isn't all that I am there's more to me I'm, I'm pushing myself in new directions new, new art forms like carpentry and Right. Do you, do you, do you find that 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 same kind of moral validation or moral character is tied to the carpentry as it, as it has been to art, or has there been a change since since your kind of COVID? No. But yeah, that's changed. I don't. I'm not relying so much on on that. You know, as much like I'm doing landscaping and and building things, and it's great because. As I, it's, I don't know. There's like a weird thing, I guess, because for me as an artist, like the guy, if he's not a cool guy, like then I don't know. I guess he gets a little bit of forgiveness here or there. But if it's just like a contractor, and like I don't, I feel like nobody cares. Like if a contractor goes home and beats his wife or whatever, you know, it's like, like, hey man, you're just here to build this thing. I don't care what you're doing outside of here, but. If somebody was like, "Yeah, can you believe the you know the guy who laid the cement is like a, a crackhead or something?" It's like I don't think the crackhead cares or whatever. It's in my mind, it's just different. <laughs> Maybe to me, I don't consider uh, the much of an artistry to to it as the more I the more I'm uh, practicing and getting into the field I can understand that 
well, you know, like a good personality is going to be the most successful aspect regardless, like even in real estate. Right? Mm -hmm. like every real estate is going to have to have a good relationship with people. So I recognize that relationships are very important. And uh, I think outside of all that, that's kind of what it comes down to. You know, mm -hmm. no matter or not, I'm perfect, but if I can manage a relationship uh, in a healthy way, and that's something that uh, is pretty fresh for me. <laughs> yeah, kind of taking on some of the 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 positive aspects of the ownership of uh, of the relationship. I also noticed that there's there's a lot of um, actually before that I could certainly see there being <clears throat> excuse me, you know, art being more vulnerable perhaps than you know lay, laying laying bricks or if that's something you're 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 doing in that day, but but having having it be so intimately tied is it, it, it like gosh it puts a lot of pressure on art yeah <laughs> you know um have there been other things you've you've done or or uh, other things you've done that have 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 helped create that separation where to kind of create you more as this independent emotionally independent person from the things that you're doing or the things that you're producing um, I don't know. I, I really think that I need to put myself into it. Mm -hmm. I can't really imagine making something without my feelings into it. Um, there's a lot of, I, I always ask myself why, you know, like, why am I going to do this? Why am I going to paint this or create this? I mean, the, the landscaping and, and the, all that carpentry stuff just kind of became therapy for me, <clears throat> just to, to get my head out of my own head and out of everything that I knew. Right. I needed to put myself in a space where I knew nothing so I could fill my head with like new knowledge and be humble and uh, also just like, Oh, cool. Well, I have to think about this now instead of that. So I, I did find myself ruminating in the past a lot and trying to, like, you know, make a future that wasn't going to happen. And so I, I went into those spaces just to just to get some fresh, fresh thoughts and fresh creative inspiration. That, I think that's what helped the most for me. Right. It, it kind of sounds like that you, you intentionally had a separation there, kind of doing something that was out of your comfort zone, or doing yeah. something out of your out of your whatever, and um, kind of letting it be its own thing rather than it being having to be a reflection of who you are. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm landscaping in, in the backyard right now, and. I'm just kind of using found objects and just being resourceful and just trying to make things nicer and make things habitable. habitable. Um, I think one of the big things that happened that I kind of left out was that there's this video game called Animal Crossing that came out during, like right before COVID. Right. And that... Um, that affected me tremendously because in the game you're just supposed to like 
chop trees and and make benches and, and stuff and and pull weeds. And then I live on this property with like this huge yard and there's like scraps everywhere from people that used to live here. And I was like, I can do this outside. I can do this in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went out and started doing that and it brought me so much joy. And that's when I was like, okay, so this is the other, this is the thing that I need right now. You know? uh, and, and, I, and that's how I ended up getting into the landscaping and carpentry. I got a job uh, making uh, critter cages and garden boxes uh, for, for somebody. And it was just a great time to not like this yeah kind of step away from the email friend scene because i needed a break it's been like it had been 10 years just doing that focusing on that so and i felt like hey I, this is as much as i've got in me and i don't know what else to do <laughs> right so I ended up just learning new things and, and now that the cons are opening up again um, there's there's all sorts of new material obviously coming out all the time but i'm not pushing it as much as i used to like, i don't paint as, as much as i used to so i think um i think it, the, the art is kind of going to start going into more production and more distribution we'll see how it goes but yeah mental health is definitely part of like the whole the whole picture right right well i uh is there is there any advice that you would give to artists kind of getting started or trying to find their voice and then and um, perhaps them struggling with their own mental health? Uh, is there anything that you would say that would that would help them uh, kind of maybe short short circuit some of the process that you've had to go through? Yeah, it's you know it's I talked to so many artists in, in my life that. I know that are so talented or it, it's just like, it seems unfair sometimes. Like my friend, he's an artist too. He just kind of like asked me one time, like, how do you, aren't you afraid of this? Or, or like, I don't know what it was really, but kind of just said that, that fear was his like big thing and fear of failure or, or whatever and I'm just like well I'm not I don't know I don't, I don't have any fear like, uh, that's probably been the best thing for me like this unhealthy lack of fear <laughs> um, in everything that I do um, it, and, and so when I find that artists aren't producing what they want it, it's probably because of fear uh, they're afraid of what people will think or they're afraid it's not good enough. Um, so I, I would say like, well, if, you know, the advice is like, well, are you afraid of anything? Because um, that might be like the, the first step of like just starting to create. Um, because for me, I've been just doing it my whole life. It's not been any any problem for me at all um, and, and other artists that are like doing these amazing drawings and 
setting their stuff out, but they don't want to talk to anybody and they're like really shy and like that that's still good like you don't we don't have to talk like here i'm buying your art <laughs> like it's fine so like you can still be successful like you can also find somebody to help you somebody that you trust it's like hey you know like i really want to do something with my art but i don't want to go out <laughs> you know like I don't want to show in galleries. It's like, well, I'll be your manager. Yeah, let's take your art and let's, I believe in it. Let's see what happens. Like, so always you can find somebody to help you. Um, and or you can overcome, you know, just understand what you're afraid of. Uh, yeah, I think that's mostly, it's mostly what I kind of run into. Like, I know one person, a friend of mine who used to work for me, uh, uh, went through a transition um, to be to be a, from Melissa to Max. And such a great artist, and I am dealing with a lot of depression too. But I was always just trying to encourage him, like, man, I wish you would make a comic of your like transition. It's like that's a story that nobody out there is telling. Like, you know, like. Imagine you could be like the first graphic novelist to have like a transition comic, you know, like you can do this. So that's the other thing too, is like every artist has their own voice. Don't copy somebody else. I mean, mm -hmm. probably use some training wheels. When I was a kid, I used to copy Garfield comics, but I would change the characters, but I'd keep the same punchlines, <laughs> <laughs> but I drew them differently. You know, mm -hmm. kind of like, you the artists out there uh, have something that nobody else has and has a voice that nobody else has and style or even even like a sense of color like I know one artist is painting flowers and stuff and it's like oh how original right but the colors she's using are just like so cool and like I've never seen anybody use those colors you know in, in that combination so yeah, definitely embrace being different, but embrace, like the writers say, write what you know, stick to your truth. And I think that's how my art became successful, is that it is actually like how I felt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, th and I think there's there's some, some brilliance in that and, and absolutely some truth in that for, for you. It sounds like, you know, from, from hearing your story and, and get, being able to see the struggles that some of these you know characters are going through and yeah. being able to to I I acknowledge that for them and perhaps even you know how, how that has then helped you to acknowledge some of that for you mm -hmm. yeah so. and it's kind of reminding that like hey everybody's got feelings so don't forget that and uh, you know kind of be there for that help them uh, ask how people are doing it's just uh, it's it's a real thing that we're we're just fed so much media. Part of the part of the production that I'm we were brainstorming on last night I was like, yeah, we have to be punk rock. We have to tell these kids that everything on TV is a lie, and they're just trying to sell them happiness. You know, like you don't see the reality of unless it's uh, a, a solution to it. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, if we could just remember, like, we're all, 
we're all sad about something, and uh, and, and it, it just equalized the great equalizer, you know. <laughs> Right, 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 and and I'll I'll what I'll definitely encourage folks who are listening to this to uh, to check out Super Emo Friends. The your uh, just Google it, or I'll put some stuff up on uh, on the website because yeah. I think it's 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 tough to wrap your head around what it looks or what it is unless you kind of see it. And I think once you see it, it's 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 very it's it's very understandable. It's very relatable with a lot of the characters. Uh, I showed some to my daughter last night, and she thinks they're they're, they're adorable. Awesome. I, I don't think she quite gets the the depth of some of the characters, but that's that's fine. <laughs> so she'll figure it out eventually. But it's fun to be at the conventions and all the kids come up and they're like, "Why are they so sad?" And the parents are like, "You don't get it, honey. You have to don't get it for a while." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was I was gonna say my my daughter doesn't get it because the world hasn't broken her yet. <laughs> right. She's still optimistic and hopeful. Yeah, and, and that's kind of the theme of like the next production is like, you know, that everything is life is pain. But here are some tools to help us get through it. <laughs> right. I mean, if if and when that does get get completed, I'd certainly love to see it. I mean, hey, I'd I'd love to see the uh, those cognitive distortion examples. Um, yeah, if- I actually, um, I did tell. My, my partners last night that hey I have some friends that work in therapy that I would love for them I'd love for their two cents I'd love them to be editors or something you know like we show them our ideas and they like give us more ideas or something but either way like I do feel like um, it's really important to, to share this and get feedback from people with the actual book smarts on this like like Jenny Foss, I mean, there's so much that she, just going on a camping trip with uh, your sister-in-law and seeing her interact with her kids, I'm like, I see, I don't see that kind of parenting. I don't see that. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that type of parenting. And it, it just blows my mind, like, how, how we can talk to children and how we can talk to each other differently than we were all brought up so well i i I, i'm i'm eager to see where that that kind of kernel of an idea goes but um you know and and you know i'll I'll, i will weigh in my two cents not that you asked for them but i've i I have some ideas now that you're mentioning that but either way i i know i should probably release you back to the wild and i appreciate you you sharing is there is there anything else that that you'd want to you'd want to add at the at at this point to share about you know maybe your your experience or any final thoughts um no i'm just grateful i'm grateful that my artwork has given me this opportunity to talk to you about this and, and for your audience, I'm, I'm grateful that you know that I can share my story with them, and and that uh, that it's a great thing. That I hope that I can keep continuing on this journey and and speak to other therapists too. And hopefully, you know, this is a this is a new art form uh, of making making people mentally sound and healthy it is kind of a, a, a a nice little wow i didn't know my art was going to do this <laughs> yeah so, uh, yeah and thank you again for inviting me it was great to, to talk to you again and yeah hopefully we can catch up uh, after the 
this next COVID wave. <laughs> Absolutely. For sure, man. Well, well, Jay, oh, what? <laughs> sorry, keep talking over you. Um, yeah. Well, Jay, well, thanks so much for, for joining us today. All right. Take care. All right, so regular listeners of this podcast will probably hear some themes that were consistent with things like moral scrupulosity in um, uh, in Jay's in Jay's discussion of, of his own anxiety um, and a little bit of magical thinking. So what that ultimately means is, so moral scrupulosity is kind of a subtype of OCD where someone is, or the, the the theme, the obsession has to do with their morality, and uh, and then should them. And then the compulsion is trying to make themselves as good of a person as possible or else. And there can be consequences to not being the best or the right person. Kind of right meaning the, the doing things the way that one is supposed to do them, right? Um, ultimately, at the end of the day, the, the problem with morality is that it's a, to a certain degree, a choose-your-own-adventure. And that there there sometimes isn't the, the, the right way to be. There's kind of a, a helpful way to be or kind of a, a things that are, are consistent with who we are, but you know, there there sometimes you know there there are times that are there are good things that we can do, and there are times that we, we have to violate that rule in order to do the right thing. So it, it can be a murky mess, uh, obviously. So. Um, uh, additionally, the uh, the magical thinking. Magical thinking is kind of a, or is what's called a cognitive distortion, where one has a, a, a belief about something that doesn't have any tangible effect in reality. Um, uh, that one thing does not have a effect on the other, but there is a belief that they do. So some of that was reflected in in Jay's kind of belief that he needs to be this the the, the perfect person or the right person in order for his art to succeed. And gosh, if he wasn't the you know. If he wasn't a good person, that his art would somehow fail. Um, so, so you know that that for some people, it sounds like you know Jay had had made had had found a way to make it work for him. But you know, for a lot of folks who may be listening to this, they may find they may find that you know they they are overwhelmed by this need to be the best possible person they can be, and it can it can ultimately be a disaster for them. So uh, there. There are past episodes on moral scrupulosity, uh, if, if you want to go back in the archives and, and listen to some of those. Um, but I talked to Jay about how we can start to challenge the, the challenge that connection, that magical connection. That you know, being a good person does not immediately follow that our, that we will be successful, right? There, there are plenty of quote bad people out there who are incredibly successful, and there are great person, great people that are not succeeding. So uh, obviously that, that, that rule does not apply generally to people, but you know, he was talking about how that rule had got within himself and that he ran with it. Now, you know, we can, we can feel confident and we can approach life in a very confident way and move forward in life with, with personal, emotional strength and integrity by being the, the, the quote, best people we can be or the, be doing things that are right according to our worldview. But if we have a belief that we have to do that or we're going to fail, then, then gosh, the, the weight of that to be the right person, to be a good person, to be the best possible human is, is, is staggering. It can be overwhelming. And ultimately, it, just, it, it's, it, it, it can lead people in a false belief and a false direction. So, um, I, again, I talked to Jay about this, but, but some, of the, some of the ways that you can counter that, 
or by just initially being aware of how that thought is impacting you, where you see those rules um, it, it taking place in your life. Um, you, you can also you can also practice things like uh, principles from acceptance and commitment therapy. Again, knowing that you know, there there's this thought or awareness that we can be the best possible person, or we can do something just that much better, and also recognizing that the 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 continued striving or that that endless striving to be the perfect person and do the the quote right thing is is endless because there's always something else that we can do that's better or righter or kinder or more loving or more generous etc and that we can ultimately we ultimately have to be at this place of deciding this is what I'm going to do despite what my anxiety is telling me I have to do and then the difference between that those two places is going to be filled with anxiety and discomfort and uncertainty. So we'll have to tolerate the, that presence of that feeling while reflecting back on the decision that you're making and deciding that this is this is as far as you are going to go. And over time, we can start to we we, we can start to uh, kind of re- reorient ourselves to what we are deciding to do and what is 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 the right direction for us and also recognizing that just because we have that feeling of overwhelm or discomfort and anxiety and uncertainty doesn't mean that that feeling is right it doesn't mean that we are then at the risk of you know social emotional sin or even religious sin or even just being a bad person we can still be a good person even if we're not the best person and furthermore our success or our failure typically has nothing to do with whether or not we are a good and kind and honest person. So they they are disconnected. They can be good, but they are disconnected. So um, so some books about that. Uh, the Happiness Trap can be really good for that. Um, uh, Get Out of Mind and Into Your Life can also be a tremendous book uh, on that. Uh, self-compassion workbook for OCD can be really helpful for that. Uh, I, I've mentioned a lot of these books before. Uh, the, the workbook for uh, the OCD and anxiety workbook by Hirschfeld and Corboy is also a fantastic resource for that. So anyways, so I, we had that conversation. So if anybody has questions why I didn't bring that up, I, I, that, that, that was why I didn't bring it up and um, uh, until now. So uh, if you have questions about that or would like to add something, you can, uh, uh, you can go over to fearcastpodcast.com and bring that up there. So, um, so anyways, I, I was very appreciative to have Jay on, and uh, we'll just trail off into the uh, into the outro here. All right, everybody, thank you so much for making it through this episode. If you would like a question answered uh, in a future episode about uh, anxiety or OCD, um, you can go over to fearcastpodcast.com and you can uh, ask a question over there. If you have a, a, a if you would like to be on the uh, uh, anxiety in the arts series, feel free to also go over to fearcastpodcast.com or find me over at Instagram at fearcastpodcast there and uh, send me a message. I'd love to hear uh, your story and uh, love to hear what uh, love to have you on and to share your story uh, if you are comfortable doing so. So everybody, please remember that the Fearcast is not a substitute for psychotherapy. If you have questions and need a little bit of help, go over to fearcastpodcast.com. You can click on the Find Help link, and there's going to be some uh, information up there that might uh, help point you in the right direction. So, all right, everybody, until next time, take a risk, challenge yourself, and don't take your brain too seriously. Bye.